Tuesday was Daylight Saving Day, which means six months of freaking out every morning when you see the clock on your stove. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, I'm late. Oh, no, no. We got a, we got a, we got a new stove, and I am uh, embarrassed to admit how long I had to wrestle with that screen to try to figure out how to adjust the clock on this oh, one. Oh, boy. Usually I can figure it out pretty quickly, that sort of thing. But Shoot uh, for a double egg, get it in a baby cradle. <laughs> just could not figure out how you change the clock on that oh, thing. Oh, boy. You know, yeah. I knew is it an old menu, guy. Is it display? Is it clock? Right. Yeah. And then once you get to the clock, which of these buttons makes it go up or down? Yeah. Oh, um, I went too far. I got to go around the horn again. I knew an old guy who had two cheap watches. And uh, <laughs> and they were set an hour apart. And every six months, he'd just change the other watch <laughs> rather than deal with the hassle. Right. They looked exactly the same. Uh-huh. What's the point? I admire that so much. <laughs> yeah. who, who was the guy who first said... You know, this uh, big box that can uh, heat up the interior up to 500 degrees, it's an oven. We should have a clock on it. Mm. Everything's got a, why the oven, why the microwave, why just cooking devices? My dishwasher has no clock on it. That's a very good question. Why wouldn't you have a clock on the dishwasher? Some fridges have them now, I think. Why? But mine does In doesn't. case I can't turn my head this far to the oven? <laughs> See the right. clock there? Or I don't have a clock? Was was there some sort of clock Arab clock embargo in the early seventies where <laughs> it's become impossible to get a clock? <laughs> we need to find know. a different place to put clocks. So I was thinking last night about how I want to present this in such a way that you your eyes don't glaze over and you don't just tune out because there's so many numbers in it and there's a lot of math involved. And I just I guess I just want to uh, leave in your mind this this the simple idea of what's going on here. The way they use census data to figure out. Income inequality. Income inequality is one of the hot topics in both parties, really. But it's it's globally. Whole, globally, yeah, yeah, sure, good, good point. And uh, and um, and you know, look how well the rich are doing, and how awful the poor are doing, and how unfair it is, and that right. sort of thing. And everybody's right. got a different idea of how much more the rich should be making than the poor. So I have an idea. I know that in an alternate life, you'd be a, a college professor, you're a teacher. You like teaching, you like history, that sort of thing, maybe high school. Uh, Why don't you try to convey this complex idea to all of us, and then at the end of it, I will uh, turn in my student rating of you. (laughs) Uh, So go ahead. You're doing pretty well so far. The the long and short of it is this. Currently, is this going to be on the test? It should be on the test of every voter to understand what's going on here. And then we can disagree completely. Then at the end, but let's all work with the same set of numbers. Currently, you regularly hear the number, if you pay attention to the whole Bernie, Liz, AOC crowd, that the, and, and people use different percentages, but we'll go with this one here, uh, quintiles, which is breaking it down into 20% chunks. Right. The top 20% chunk in America makes 60 times as much as the bottom 20% chunk. 60 times as much. Wow. And so a lot of people are, uh, are bothered with that and say that you shouldn't, uh, you shouldn't do that. But that, that, and they come up with those numbers with, with the Census Bureau data. What Phil Graham and some other guy were pointing out in the Wall Street Journal, and Phil Graham is a former senator who used to be the chair of the Senate Finance Committee. Moderate, smart. Uh, yeah, and, and pretty well respected. And, oh, uh, yeah. he wants to make the point and thinks we should start using different numbers, and we obviously should. Because the Census Bureau numbers do not count taxes as lost income. In other words, if I make a million dollars a year, they just count it as a million dollars. Not the fact that I actually only get to keep half of that. 
So really, crap. really all I have, all I have, okay, it's hard to set this up to where you don't say, where you don't have a lot of people saying, I don't, I'm not crying tears for the millionaire. Right. Um, but, so, but the millionaire really has $500,000 right. in, in the real world. Right. Um, after all the state and federal taxes and a variety of other things. Actually, it's a little less than that if you include health care costs and a variety of other things. Whereas that bottom quintile, um, which happens to be households that earn Less than $5,000 a year. That is not very much anywhere. That's a tight budget. I don't care where you live. Right. But the net result is that those households actually have somewhere closer to $50,000 because they get so much stuff back. Social services. Healthcare paid for. Housing breaks. Right. Whatever it is. Right. Um, so your real world money is 50,000 that person's real world money is is $500,000 with the millionaire. Right. So it's a difference of 10 not you know whatever it would be before. So it's it's almost like they're rating your chance of freezing to death but they're not counting parkas and hats and boots. They're not factoring those in. That's insane. And I'll get to the part that you could care about cuz again when you use the example of a millionaire versus someone else you know most people are thinking I'm just you can't get me upset about the millionaire getting cheated here. Um I realize a lot of people feel that way. Um so we'll, Yeah, but I, I I would hope you just don't like being lied to. You don't appreciate being duped. Well, when I get to the middle class stuff it's really interesting, but okay. I'll stay with the top 20% and the bottom 20%. Top 20% the average household income's about 300 grand. Bottom 20%, as I mentioned, is about five grand. That's 60 times. The top quintiles make it 60 times as much as the bottom. Okay. But if you factor in all the taxes and everything paid by the top quintile, and then you factor in everything the bottom quintile gets, all the stuff we mentioned, the health care, the child service, all the different things you qualify for in, in, in income redistribution, it comes down to a difference of 3.8 times as much. Great, Scott. So while people on stage or politicians might tell you there's a difference of 60 times the income, it's a difference of 3.8. Right. Now, again, like I said earlier, you can still say, well, that's way out of whack, but that's a lot different than oh, 60. Come on. 3.8 is a lot different than 60. Right. It's a completely different I'd world. say. So, you know, let's, let's, let's work with those numbers. This is what I found even the most interesting, though. You get away from the millionaires and the vast difference between, because most of us aren't in that very poor group or that very top group. How about the average middle-income household is only 32% better off than the average bottom quintile households? So you're in the middle, and you're only a third better, even though you make 13 times as much money. Two and a half times as many prime working-age individuals in your household, and you work more than twice as many hours per week. It's that argument that you get it onto that bottom group, it actually pays to not work. It does right. you more harm than good to work. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, you lose too many benefits by, by working. That's and a money. message I think you could sell, because that's the middle class. You're working, if you're in the middle class, you're working way more. Your, your overall check at the end of the year is way more, but you're getting just a third more money than that lower group that's not working even close to the hours or have right. as many people working or anything. Yeah. That's what people should be upset about. Yeah. Well, the votes of those uh, on the lowest quintile are 100% toward whoever promises the most. And so it doesn't make any sense to emancipate them. You don't want to, in, in any regard, cure the problems you're griping about, uh, because then you'd lose all those voters. 
I don't have the salary number for that middle quintile. I wish I did. Uh, probably it was in the article, and I left that out somehow in my notes. But again, the average, the middle quintile is only 32% better off than the bottom, while earning 13 times as much money. That's yeah. how much money you're giving in taxes to government to send off to that bottom quintile. And in terms of just actually, you know, busting your ass, you have two and a half times as many prime working age individuals employed in your household, and you're working more than twice as many hours a week. The middle class can't be happy with that arrangement. It ain't fair. And that's not the millionaires and billionaires. Right. You know, I have a fair amount of sympathy for the idea that the top tenth of one percent gets the laws written in a way that benefits them, and that there could be much better tax fairness if they didn't own the government. I'm I'm down with that discussion. But yeah, most of the populist garbage you hear from uh, from Bernie and uh, Elizabeth is just wildly misleading. Yeah, well, and then that's the problem with that is the um the the guy who's making five hundred million dollars a year. Yeah, he's getting some tax breaks you don't get. But the lower end of that top quintile, the people that are making the household that makes two eighty or whatever it is, and you live in San Francisco Bay Area or someplace. You're not getting all kinds of cool, super cool tax breaks. Mm-hmm. You're just getting it stuck to you. Well, let me finish this. So, I found Professor Armstrong's class stimulating and interesting. He's a fine instructor, but he touched my genitals. Wow. There you go. He made me feel uncomfortable. You believe the victim. He used gendered language. He did he, not ask me my pronouns once. That's right. I, I told him, please. Do not use gendered language to please to do teach not a class. use gendered language to to address everyone. And he just ignored me. But did anybody else know that when you're comparing <laughs> what how much people money people have that you don't account for, you only get to keep half of much of it if you're an earner toward the, uh, anything above, geez, a couple hundred thousand dollars, you're keeping half of it. And then the bottom end actually ends up with more at the end of the year. Right. How does that not get factored into the conversation? It's too complicated. Yeah, I guess that if you're explaining, you're losing. So. Yeah, there are a handful of issues that y'all understand quite easily. Um, but the average voter, they're just, no, no. You just you either frighten the beast with fire and cause it to run in a certain direction, or you tempt it with food. And get that's democracy. Well, if I'm a politician, I stay away from that top quintile because you just can't ever get any sympathy going for that. And, and focus on the middle that middle crowd that a lot of people are in that are not getting uh, as much as they should for as hard as they're working. And the idea that they should have their taxes lowered is immediately rejected because that would grow the deficit, and nobody ever, ever seriously talks about shrinking the federal government. It's a little discouraging, but what are you going to do? I don't know. Move to Mexico and battle the cartels or... Got a uh, home invader story in which, thank goodness, the people inside the house had a gun. Those stories pop up every now and then. Probably should get a little coverage because you hear the opposite end of it now and then. Right. Plus, cannibalistic radioactive ants released into the environment. Run for your lives. Doesn't sound good. All on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Martin Scorsese says superhero movies are not cinema. Causes quite the flap in the sort of 
oh, arena boy. where people argue over these things. I, I hope the Internet didn't say angry things back and forth. <laughs> uh, checking in on impeachment briefly. You got more people being talked to about something. Thank you. Thank you for that update, Jack. But um, so Jackie Spears of um, California, uh, a congressperson, she was on Face the Nation over the weekend, and she was asked this question as as uh, Margaret Brennan was trying to nail down the whole: When are you going to do this? How does the calendar work? You know, and and Margaret Brennan on Face the Nation pointed out there, and this was Sunday, so now we're down to seven. There are only seven working days left before the Thanksgiving break that Congress takes. Mm-hmm. And then you're full on into December, and then you got the Christmas break just weeks away. Right. And so she said, when are you going to start having these public hearings? And Jackie Spears said, uh, probably next week, meaning next week, not this week. And the transcripts will be released, but so that would leave you with just a couple of days, and then there's going to be a couple of week break, and then how's this going to work? I'm not sure they're getting the momentum they're hoping for. As this all comes down right in the midst of the holiday season, or certainly our t- attention, even if they were holding them. Well, and we've talked earlier about the the dilemma some of the presidential candidates are facing because they're senators and they are the jury for impeachment, but they need to be on the campaign trail trying to win the early states. Well, the Democratic Party has every interest in not screwing them. Oh, absolutely. Although they are the the, the big power. The big Democratic power is terrified of Bernie Ooh. and Liz. Do you think there's some sort of end run around here? That Nancy the double and, reverse. Maybe Nancy and Chuck are saying this would be a great way uh, to keep Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders off the trail. Yeah. Hope a Biden or a Buttigieg wins. Wow. That if, could actually be the case. Wow. If they were hated by their base for putting their thumb on the scale last time, what's, what's this going to yield? There's this? no way it bothers... I think Chuck Schumer and Nancy are similar, don't you think? Pragmatists sort of. Yes. I don't, oh, yeah, th- yeah. I don't think there's any way it bothers Chuck Schumer that Bernie and Elizabeth Warren, it's going to hurt their chances. No, I don't he's think fine he with that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. That's, yeah. a, that's a wrinkle I hadn't thought of. So, Biden. Back to Biden. And Buttigieg. And Buttigieg. Yeah. Who I didn't follow the the big get-together they had over the weekend. I guess his his speech killed. Yeah, it was described as riveting yeah. by people who know better. Huge crowd, um, uh, lots of enthusiasm. Biden had a small, small, tepid crowd. So. Yeah. We'll yeah. see. Well, they're afraid of getting a chain wrapped around her head. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm going to wrap this chain around your head. Look at him wrong. Next thing you know, you're in a knife fight. Right, right. A rusty, dented knife fight. Remember the straight race? You'd bang him on the curb? No. No. Nobody No, does. I didn't do that. I, I didn't slice people open. It's been a story of some note among entomologists. These... Million or so ants trapped in a post-Soviet nuclear weapons bunker, which was completely sealed. Um, and it was made up entirely of worker ants, meaning they could not reproduce. Um, at the time, scientists estimated close to a million worker ants had been trump- trapped in the bunker after uh, falling down a ventilation pipe. Et they were living in cramped conditions, no light, no heat, and no source of food, as far as they could tell. Scientists estimated, uh, after several years, though, the colony appeared to be thriving, and they concluded the ants survived by eating the dead bodies of their imprisoned nest mates as they piled up on the bunker floor. Um, when what am I learning from this? Uh, that uh, radioactive uh, monster ants. Oh, and then they released them into the. <laughs> Get a gloss they, over the radioactive might, monster ants. They might part be of it. four feet long. I, it's not. <laughs> Able to lift cars or something. Clear to me. Well, no, it's 
the case adds a dimension to the great adaptive ability of ants to marginal habitats and suboptimal uh, conditions, key to understanding the ants' unquestionable eco-evolutionary success. Yeah. In other words, it's damned hard to kill ants. Well, speaking of Martin Scorsese's hatred of uh, superhero movies, that's how a superhero starts, right? Well, right. An Ant-Man or Ant-Man, something? for right. instance. Oh, so, well, I think you might be combining a Spider-Man with an Ant-Man. But that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get your radioactive super insects interfacing with a person, and, yeah. who, and unknown side effects occur. And right. luckily, they generally decide to fight crime as opposed to uh, just get chicks or something. <laughs> Which is what I would do. You know what never <laughs> happens is, like, you're bitten by a radioactive uh, cannibalistic ant, and of course you get superpowers or whatever. Uh, but you never get like acute liver failure or severe mm. diabetes or blind. one of your, you're blind or one of your lungs collapses right. or something like they that. They just don't make comic books about those <laughs> ones. <laughs> it's always positive. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, we're getting a lot of fallout from the massacre in Mexico of nine Americans by cartel members. We're also getting reports of Democrat on Democrat dirty tricks. Yes, and, I love that sort of thing. Yes, and, and ugliness. And today's high tech really impacting your kids' reading abilities. Coming up. I want more Democratic dirty tricks turned on each other. I think the next debate could be pretty fiery since Elizabeth said Biden's running in the wrong party. Oh, and boy. Biden said Elizabeth's making all this stuff up about her health care yes, plan. So. Turn on each other like cannibalistic ants. And like a couple of 70 plus people angry at each other. No. Well, one has a history of violence, as we've documented. (laughs) Be careful, Elizabeth. Do not turn your back. Armstrong and Getty. Life hack I was unaware of. Maybe I'm the only person who didn't know this, but the weak point in the iPhone for me has always been the little place where you plug in the power. Yeah. Eventually it gets so loose and you can't get the thing in there to plug it in and you can't charge it up anymore. So that's usually when I figure my iPhone is shot. And I was I thought I was there today. Like but I just wait. I just can't charge it up anymore. So Joe told me it's lint yep. from your pocket. And so I got a little paper clip and dug around in there and pulled out like a giant, a cat-sized wad of lint. You should not perform that operation yourself, Jack. Best to go to the Genius Bar and let a genius do it. (laughs) But anyway, now it works great and I'm charging up my phone. So yes, my cracked old iPhone 7 lives another day. I had the same problem, and I went to a repair place, had to make an appointment and everything. I, I described the problem. He said, can I see your phone? He looks at it. He said, with guys, it's almost always lint. Digs around in there, hands me my phone back. I said, uh, charge? He said, no, no. See you later. Bro. Awesome. Well, Apple's got new smaller iPhones coming out in December. Hasn't made much news, but I don't like the big phone, so I'm going to get one of the smaller ones. I think that's what I'm waiting for. You know, I got uh, myself a new phone, and uh, I went with one of the older models to be thrifty. And uh, for her birthday, uh, I told my wife, why don't you get a new phone? And she did, and got the brand newest one. <laughs> so that's nice. I'm happy for her. <laughs> happy birthday, you, honey. You, you, you sound happy for her. You like your iPhone 5. <laughs> it's, it's, it's five. If they enough. made a five, I'd buy it. I want the small phone, but nobody else does. Uh, news now with Marshall Phillips. A uh, story we've been following this morning. A drug cartel ambush in Mexico kills at least nine Americans. The deal, in or the dead rather, includes six children and three women. They were part of a caravan of members of a Mormon settlement in the Mexican border state of Sonora. Several others were reportedly kidnapped after their convoy came under fire during a brazen daylight attack on Monday. Now, the early reports indicated the shooting was a case of mistaken identity. 
but the Klan has had run-ins with the cartel in the past after openly opposing local drug trafficking groups. President Trump tweeting out, quote, This is the time for Mexico, with the help of the United States, to wage war on the drug cartels and wipe them off the face of the earth. There was a time when, uh, Colombia is probably the best example of this, was struggling with being a failed narco state. Mm-hmm. And it was bad for everybody in the hemisphere and, and the rest of it. So we, the United States, helped them battle that, including with some methods that some people find a, a little troubling. Um, rooting out cartels out of the mountains sometimes calls for, for nasty behavior. Anyway, uh, there are those who are saying, Mexico, you need to set aside your pride and let's have a little North American partnership here and keep, prevent you from becoming a failed narco state. That could be uh, a really interesting development if it happens. Uh, because, well, the the incident, in case you don't follow uh, this stuff, the other day, <clears throat> the Mexican army went yeah. to uh, arrest El Chapo's kid, who's running the cartel, mm-hmm. or at least to some extent he is. So they they bust down his door, they get him out, they they apprehend him, and the cartel goes crazy, kidnaps a bunch of soldiers, kills 13, 14 soldiers, something like that, kidnaps a bunch more, and the Mexican government said, you can have him back, you can have him back, and turned him loose Yep, to prevent any more bloodshed. Man, that is, uh, can you imagine something like that happening in the U.S.? No, that's completely unimaginable. That is teetering on the edge of being a failed narco state. On our border. You're like a town in the Old West in those old Western movies. Oh, yeah. Like some town in Arizona in the late 1800s where the cops just decide, you know, we're outmanned. We have to uh, we have to let this gang run the place. Right. Getting reports of Democrat-on-Democrat Democrat dirty tricks. It turns out a Tom Steyer campaign staffer accused of stealing voter da- data from Kamala Harris' campaign has... Literally voter data, because she has one. <laughs> He has resigned. CBS News reporting the South Carolina Democratic Party had turned off voter file access to Steyer's campaign briefly. And then when it was restored, the Steyer staffer, Dwayne Sims, who had once worked for the state party, suddenly had access to other presidential data. The South Carolina Democratic Party issuing a statement saying they recently learned of the breach by an employee of the Steyer campaign who obtained access to some of Senator Harris' volunteer data in South Carolina. A battle between mm. a couple of 1% candidates. Uh, who uh, do we have that uh, quote from Kamala? We got that handy? That's Marshall. Yeah, oh. Is that your story? That, you have that story? That's going to be coming up next hour. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Har- <laughs> Harris people say they worked hard to build an extensive field operation in the state, and it's unfortunate cares. anyone would try to steal that work. Nobody cares. No, no 1% candidates. One percent candidate. Losers. Go away. Meanwhile, she is still in it to win it. Marianne Williamson officially filed for the New Hampshire primary. Yes. She thought she was gone. No. But not forgotten. No, she is still in it. Listen, girlfriend. We slam it like nobody's business. Slam it. She was thanking her supporters for getting her to this point. So we will see what happens from there on. I have a feeling I know what happens. Mr. President, if you're listening. There you go. All right. Nationals catcher Kurt Suzuki stole his show as the team visited the White House to celebrate winning the World Series. Suzuki donning a MAGA hat and ended up uh, going viral for it. I love you all. I love you all. Thank you. What a, what a job he did. I didn't know that was going to happen. 
So is he a Trump supporter? Is he just uh, playing along being at the White House? Or I think he's a Trump supporter. Yeah. Isn't he the guy who said, uh, thanks for keeping America going? Yeah. You got that? That was Ryan Zimmerman. Oh, who thanked, Ryan. okay. Who thanks Zimmy? Trump. Yep. On behalf of himself and his teammates for keeping the country safe. And that's your news. Mm. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. And kudos to the Nationals uh, to show up as a team at the White House when they won a championship. I want all teams to do that from here on out, no matter who's president. Yeah, quit quit with the everything's partisan all it's the not time good stuff. For us. It's not good for us as a society. Nobody thinks you're endorsing somebody no. by showing up so the nation can tip its cap to you. Nobody thinks that, Steph Curry. Quit being so precious. Quit being so... You're not that important. You're really not. And let your, you're a great ball player. Your outside shooting is exemplary. <laughs> Sorry about your broken hand. And let your kid fan say, oh, my favorite team that I root for is meeting the president. Right. Let that happen. Right. Steve Kerr, I'm looking at you. So what is this thing you were going to do? I have no idea. I'm very excited about it. I have no memory of it whatsoever. You and Sean said you got to get to it soon. Oh, oh, oh. One of the great sports play-by-play guys who unleashed one of the great calls in American sports history has piled yet another Hall of Fame call on his resume. And the great Kevin Harland, the guy is drunk, but there he goes. And that was good whether you like sports or not. You don't oh, have yeah. to be a sports fan to uh, oh, to enjoy yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. It's, no, it's no, the shot heard around the world. This is a call from a sports game, but this is not a call about sports. Gotcha. All on right. the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Ladies and gentlemen, let us remind you of who Kevin Harlan, play-by-play man, is. Third and four, looks into the nickel of San Francisco in the secondary. Hey, somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat. And a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. Now he runs the opposite way. He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. The 20. They're chasing him. They're not going to get him. Waving his arms, bare-chested. Somebody stop that man. Here comes the blue coat. Oh, they got him. They're coming from the left. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line. That is the greatest thing that ever happened in the history of broadcasting sports. Some goofball in a hat. (laughs) But there he goes. I tell you what, Kevin Harlan is so good at the sports. But you just wait when he's doing a game. You just hope something nutty happens so he can do something similar. Well, ladies and germs, last night, Monday Night Football, it did. A black cat is running from the 20 to the near side, the 10. From the 39 in Dallas, here's a short throw down the middle, caught by Ingram. Caught at the 35, went to the 30. Now the cat running the other way, and so is Ingram at the 30 to the 25 to the 24-yard line. It's a catch run of 15. Now the cat is stopped at the 50. They've stopped playing. The players with hands on hips are watching the cat run and zigzag all over the field. Now he's at the 5. He's walking to the three. State troopers come on the field, and the cat runs into the end zone. That is a touchdown. And the cat is elusive, which now climbs up into the stands, and the fans are running for their life. Now it goes back on the field again, and it runs up the tunnel. <laughs> oh, 
that's so good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> to simultaneously do play-by-play on the play and the cat? Please, give him the Presidential Medal of something or other. Now, I turned that down a little bit to be more friendly, because the overall time was several minutes sure. of the cat running around. Right, and right. he even mixes in a live read during the cat on the <laughs> He's in the, the, the Golden Tostitos end zone or whatever the, <laughs> the, the, whatever the thing yeah, is. Nice. Get, get him a Kennedy Center honor or something like that. <laughs> He's so good. That's pretty funny. Shout out, Kevin. Beautiful job. Here's a story that uh, people are gun rights uh, fans like. This is the reason you own a gun, quite possibly, at your house. You hope you'll never need it. The chances of this happening are very small, but when these stories happen, they, they, they deserve to be reported. Hearing a commotion one evening last week, this is a small town southeast of Tampa, Florida. Hearing a commotion one evening last week, a Florida woman who was in the back bedroom of their house looked out to see what was going on. She saw two men holding her 11-year-old daughter and pistol-whipping her husband. One of them took a shot at her. She backed away and grabbed the semi-automatic rifle, an AR-15 style weapon. Weapon of war, Joe. Grabbed an AR-15 that she had in the house. Uh, The woman, who is eight months pregnant, by the way, that's pretty pregnant, opened fire. She hit one of the guys who fled and collapsed dead in a nearby ditch. Police are looking for the other person. Where he belonged. Yeah, police are looking for the other person who ran out of the house. Yeah. Uh, The husband said his wife evened the playing field and kept them from killing me. Uh, the husband said the men burst into the home about 9 p.m., pointed their guns at him, and demanded money. They came in heavily hooded and masked. When he said he had nothing to give them, one began to hit me with the gun, while the other kicked me in the head. It became real violent real fast. He needed 20 stitches after the attack for injuries that included a fractured eye socket, a fractured sinus cavity, and a concussion. Wow. That's for real. So they um, smashed up his yeah. face and his head. He said oh he, did, he doesn't know the men, doesn't know why they picked his house. The AR-15 style weapon was owned legally. Wow! Yikes! That's the nightmare scenario. But you don't have a gun; you're dead. Probably you, the wife, and the kid. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of quality of life issues, there may be, with a possible exception of Seattle, no more utopian, ridiculous. If we don't arrest anybody, there will be no more bad people. Uh, place in the world than San Francisco, and they've been running a, uh, even as the state surrounding them, Cal Unicornia runs this experiment where crime has been decriminalized and evildoers have been turned loose, uh, drugs uh, legalized, etc., and quality of life is just going down, 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 down. San Francisco has been even more extreme on that count, and, uh, you know, we uh, perhaps you were listening when my brother, who was uh, being transferred by the Navy, the Navy spent Ten minutes in a San Francisco parking lot and had his car broken into and all of his family's possessions stolen. Ten minutes, my friends. Crime is rampant, the rest of it. Needles everywhere. You know, the bums and junkies everywhere. Well, there is a new district attorney interim running for the job permanently, uh, name of Susie Loftus, who is making noises that uh, she doesn't believe in any of that stuff. And it's time to end that ridiculous, laughable experiment. She's positioned herself as a tough, hands-on, law and order prosecutor. Um, uh, where is it? Um, just about everything she's done so far in office seems aimed at distinguishing herself from her predecessor, the progressive moron. That's a editorial comment by me there. Mm. George Gascon. He focused on 
big picture plans to reform the criminal justice system, et cetera, et cetera, meaning to soften it. People are really fed up with what's happening in San Francisco. They don't feel safe, said Loftus. They don't feel like the district attorney's office has been accountable to the people who live here. It's been high on excuses and not focused on results. Good for you, Susie. Good for you. The patience of people with these progressive schemes is running low. Meanwhile, in Austin, Texas, where they have an exploding bum problem, not literally, you know, men of the road erupting, (laughs) but... The number of bums and junkies is growing. We got to come up with a central state's bum explosion sounder. Yeah, I'll have to do that. Apparently, yeah. So uh, the governor, Greg Abbott, said, look, uh, Austin is out of control. That's the capital, if you don't know. Um, There are bums and junkies everywhere. Hey, city, you've got to do something about this. So they cleaned out a bunch of camps, and the people just come back again because they can't uh, enforce the anti-camping ordinances. But I thought this was interesting. The far-left mayor of Austin was interviewed this morning and asked about the uh, the mid-state bum explosion, whether this, well, I think it's set up pretty well. I talked to a couple of different people who are homeless, and they said, you know, Austin's the worst-kept secret because this is the town to be homeless in because the city will take care of you. Are you afraid at all that this is going to only attract more homeless into your city if you offer them free housing? You know, that's an urban myth. All the studies show that that's not true. There's what? no voters' guide to, to cities yeah. for homeless people. And Austin what? went from two stars to four stars. Our count and our survey of the population indicates that, that, that the overwhelming number of people who are homeless in Austin became homeless in Austin. And that's true in most cities around the country. So this guy denies any relationship between generous uh, programs for bums and junkies and the number of bums and junkies. That's hilarious. That is hilarious. It's it's either the sort of delusion you get from the highly ideological. That's an urban myth. Yeah, that's wow. not a an, an urban myth, and every bum knows it. The, uh, I mean, that's just such a ridiculous assertion. I don't even know where to begin. You can mention that the bums and junkies call Seattle free addle because they're so richly taken care of. You could mention that there are bums and junkies uh, on the street smashing into cars in San Francisco and the other side of the street where it's a different county that enforces the law. There ain't none of that. Um, it's just, it's an astounding assertion. It just goes to show you how deluded somebody can get by their ideology. There's no guide telling people which city is the best city to be homeless in. Yes, there is. that's a good argument. It's word of mouth. It's not a, you know, I don't think there's a magazine you can subscribe to or a website, but word of mouth, they all know. You think it's just a coincidence? Half of the homeless people in the country ended up in California? Right. And and the biggest explosion of homeless people is in places where they can get lots of drugs and free needles? That's That's just, it's astounding. Hey, um, we got a number of texts saying they want to hear that football call again. The they, cat? Yeah, because they didn't know what to expect, and now they, they they really enjoyed it if they could hear it again. Oh, I'd love to hear what it What do you again. think? You want to do it again? Yeah, do we have time? Here we go. Yeah, okay. A black cat is running from the 20 to the near side, the 10. From the 39 in Dallas, here's a short throw down the middle, caught by Ingram. Caught at the 35, went to the 30. Now the cat running the other way, and so is Ingram at the 30 to the 25, to the 24-yard line. It's a catch run of 15. Now the cat is stopped at the 50. They've stopped playing. The players with hands on hips are watching the cat run and zigzag all over the field. Now he's at the five. He's walking to the three. (laughs) State troopers come on the field, and the cat runs into the end zone. That is a touchdown. (laughs) And the cat is elusive, which now climbs up into the stands, and the fans are running for their line. Now it goes back on the field again, and it runs up the tunnel.
That's awesome. We got this text. I'm glad this hint helped other people. I didn't know it till today. I was going to buy a new phone next week. I was going to buy a new phone today because I couldn't charge my phone anymore. But I just pulled out lint the size of a pencil eraser, pencil eraser out of my iPhone. You yep. guys, you guys just saved me hundreds of dollars. Yep. And my phone is charging much much faster. So my charging problems had been that too. Apparently, it just wasn't connecting correctly. So. Yeah, dig the lint out of your little charging hole in your... Uh, is there a better name than the charging hole? <laughs> yeah, nope. That'll do. Nope, that's perfect. The charging hole in your uh, your phone, yeah. probably true for all brands, uh, it's full of lint. The I tech is probably call it a port or something. But. Yeah, I got a fancy pants car and uh, that the phone can talk to the car and such, and they stopped talking to each other, and I was very sad because they used to be close friends. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the reason I went, and he said, and then, like I said, the guy said, yeah, it's probably lint. Dug it out, and there it was. I walked out awesome. shame-faced but happy. Well, good, we all know now. Well, well, yeah, it's, that it, saved me a thousand bucks. I was going to spend today on a phone. Woo! There's usually a uh, commission. There's usually a little thank you, a little tip, huh? <laughs> we'll spread some of that around. Huh? A little, Still uh, got, a little I don't know, what eight hundred for yourself? Yeah, <laughs> just for instance. Thank you. You're uh, clearly acting as my agent here. Long time or short time fans of the Armstrong and Getty Show know Tim Sandifer, Tim the lawyer, and we've got him coming up next hour. If you're so blessed to get the next hour of the Armstrong and Getty Show, and we'll talk. I don't know. We'll talk about it. it's always good liberty and what he's uh, fighting for these days. And of course, if you missed the segment, grab it on the podcast at ArmstrongandGetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.